You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 34 called Four Inexpensive Ways to Grow as a Teacher Over the Summer. In this episode, Geis and I talk about PD that you can attend from home, local conferences and ed camps that you can check out in person, online certifications to pursue at your leisure, and our top four reading lists. Check it out. Nick, we're back with episode number 34. This is our episode right before our school year kind of lets out. Yeah, 34 is actually one of my favorite numbers. Don't ask me why. It just always has been. And it just so happens that it's extra exciting, like you said, because we're getting really close to the end of the school year. I know a lot of schools are maybe already out or at least getting close to within the next week. Ours has a couple more weeks, but it is very exciting to get close to that. And it always kind of lets us talk about, on the podcast at least, some ways that teachers can grow professionally in the summertime, which we love to do all year. But of course, you know, busy schedules and grading and everything else on a teacher's plate kind of limits that sometimes. But summer is a great opportunity to do all sorts of professional growth. And we think we've compiled some interesting things for you guys in this episode. Yeah. And I kind of have a rule to myself that somewhere at the beginning of the summer, I'm going to take two solid weeks off where I do not worry about education. I don't worry about anything except family and more family and eating grilled out on my deck type stuff, like all stuff just so I could have a little bit of a break. And I I think that's important. And uh, this year I'm going to postpone it. Usually it's right as our school ends until after the fourth, but this year I'm going to postpone it because the ISTE conference is... The National SD Conference is pretty local, but we'll get into that in a little bit. What I want to talk about a little bit right now is once we get done with these two uh, weeks of kind of just relaxing, what can we do with ourselves as teachers to grow professionally? And one of my favorite things to do is to wake up on Saturday morning, stay in whatever I slept in, whatever pajamas, it might be ducktails, it could be the bunny pajamas that my grandma gave me you know, on my 18th birthday when I thought that I was too cool for them, I just found them in a box. Maybe I put them on. Sure. Throw them on. Those slippers that I never wore because I don't wear slippers, they're staying on that day. I'm going to go downstairs, have a cup of joe, you know, maybe munch on some Eggo waffles. And uh, I'm going to sit down I'm going to do some PD. And we have four exciting ways to kind of tell you about. And these are online conferences. So some of these are live. Some of these are videos that were taped. And then they, they... They share them out one a day. But I love these things because it kind of lets you sort through what you want to learn. And if it's something you don't want to learn, you don't learn about it. You pick the stuff that interests you, you get something out of it, and then you have time to play around. All from the comfort of your home and for the best price, free. So let's get into these uh, four that I've heard of that are coming up and Nick has heard of too. So let's get you started on the first one. Sure. So the first one is called Strobel Summit, S-T-R-O-B-E-L for anybody searching this. They also have a hashtag that is hashtag Strobel Summit. This one runs from July 7th to July 26th. And as far as I understand, you'll find a lot of these work very similar ways. They're online with some live presentations and most of those live presentations, if you can't tune in while they're being sort of live streamed, uh, they 
usually post these videos so uh, people who sign up can view them afterwards. And Strobel Summit is a conference pretty similar to that. So definitely check out Strobel Summit if that's something uh, you're interested in. I'm not sure. Do you know of anything special that Strobel Summit offers teachers? Well, Strobel brings in a great variety of speakers. And these are the speakers that you want to see at conferences that maybe they're not in your area. So you'll, you'll know who they are. Right. And they're very enthusiastic about what they do. Uh, it's exciting to watch. And usually they cover the hot topics that you do want to hear about. So let's hop into the next one. That's the Teach with Tech Conference. And their hashtag is hashtag TWTCon 2019. And that is July 22nd through the 24th. Kind of the same setup here. We have a new collection of speakers. Uh, I think there's some overlap between the four, but it's not it's not a lot. I, they have actually, um, there is there is some overlap for sure, but like you said, it's not a lot. And I know at least Teach With Tech has over 60 different video sessions, which means there's over 60 different speakers just at this one conference. And like you said at the beginning, you kind of just get to pick and choose. If you start watching one and it's really not what you're interested in, you just kind of check out and then pick a different video. And I know for sure, uh, just being a little more familiar with the uh, Teach With Tech conference, if you register with it, they call it a premium ticket. That really just means a normal registration. Then you can go back afterwards and they post any of these video conferences so you can tune in. Also worth mentioning, if you work at a district where you have to uh, present a certain amount of PD hours each year to maintain your certification, uh, I'm assuming all of these conferences will do this just like any teaching conference would, but for sure, Teach With Tech will provide you with the same PD certificate for however many hours you tuned in to watch uh, their their speakers go through. So that's a, another really exciting one, the Teach With Tech conference. Now all these, you just go, if you type it in even the hashtag, you can go and sign up and they're all free. They all have a free version of their summit or their conference. However, the ones that you have to pay for is if you want to be granted access to all the speaker videos for up to like the next year. Right? A lot of these will stay open for two weeks after the conference and then they go away. But if you want them for longer, that's something that you might have to pay for. I know at the Teach for Tech conference, I did sign up for the, uh, the premium package, which will give me those videos for the year because I want to know what's out there and I want to do it on my own time. And to be able to watch one or two of these videos a day is going to help me grow professionally. So the next one uh, is called the Q Ditch Summit and the hashtag is hashtag Ditch Summit. And this is uh, Q kind of teaming up with uh, Matt Miller in Ditch Textbook, Ditch That Textbook. So this one is from July 29th to August 4th. And uh, th this one, anything that Matt Miller does in education kind of turns to gold and it's for good reason he knows what he's doing he uh, always gives you quality content and it makes you thirsty for more so i would recommend this one and i believe the theme for this one is equality and uh trust me there's many ways that equality fits into education and it's it's not going to be uh three four days of just equality stuff it's going to teach you how to make 
the playing field, I think, more level and kind of make you as a person more, I don't know, relaxed in what you do and more comfortable in what you do and more aware of what you're doing. That's nice. It's an interesting theme for a conference and I think fitting with the fact that you're sort of doing it over the summertime where you can focus on stuff like that. Again, they kind of get lost in the fray of the school year. And then uh, the last one is, is a very unique one. It's called the Hive Summit, hashtag Hive Summit from August 1st through August 4th. Uh, this one, it's it's a, I don't want to say smaller because they have like 10 to 20,000 people tune in to this particular summit online, but it's only smaller in that it's a little more focused in terms of their number of speakers. There's only nine presenters, but they're very carefully chosen in the way that they uh, present over this over the course of this conference. Um, and the other thing I really like about Hive Summit is that they also sort of run a charity fund. I think as people register, they let you donate money and that money is sort of uh, uh, given to help different educational uh, organizations around the world. Last year, they I think they raised about $3,000. This year, they want to obviously almost uh, double that number, I think I was reading. But Hive Summit is another really cool opportunity. So check out the information on their presenters. And if it sounds like something, if some of those sound like some things you're interested in, and even better, if you want to donate in the in the registration process, I think that would be uh, really cool. So Hive Summit's uh, definitely one that I'm going to be pursuing this summertime. Another one of my favorite things to do over the summer is to check out some of the local conferences and ed camps. And uh, ISTE is coming to Philadelphia, which is right around the corner for us. It's actually closer to you, Nick, than it is to me, but it's still, you know, a short distance away in in terms of looking at the whole country. Yeah, this is a big this is a big one for any any teacher in the Philadelphia area, which we are that are interested in in using technology in education because ISTE is kind of like the premier professional development. It's the premier thing for you to go to for that. And it's right in our neck of the woods this year. So we definitely have to promote that a little bit. Not that they need promoting from us, but we have to anyway. Also because we are actually presenting at ISTE this year. So of course, anybody who is local to Philadelphia, definitely check out the Got Tech team uh, for our own presentation, which we're super excited uh, to do, but also to tell you guys a little bit about now. We're actually presenting on something we've talked about on the show uh, a couple times before, but if you come to our presentation at the actual ISTE conference, we'll sort of have a chance to get more into the sort of the nitty-gritty details of escape rooms and how to actually incorporate those in your classroom. And we think we've got this set up in a pretty unique way. Yeah, so our presentation is called Using Hashtag EdTech to Transform Your Class into an escape the room and what makes this different from some of your traditional escape the rooms you you typically have a physical escape the room where students are working to open up a single box but there's many locks on it or they're working to open up several boxes okay and then you also have the digital side of it where all the puzzles and everything is online and usually it's in it's it's hosted on uh Google Sites, new Google Sites, or you could use Breakout EDU or Digital Breakout. Those are some platforms that do the same thing as, you know, what I just mentioned there. For ours, we're blending the two together, all right? We, we looked at the physical escape the room, and one of the things that we found out is the students, they really love the hands-on manipulation of the clues compared to the digital ones where everything is sorted through online, all right? And the other thing is with the digital one, 
we really love the fact that it doesn't cost us anything. It's not, it, it's inexpensive. Free is always the best way to go. Yeah. So to be honest, if I set up a, a physical escape the room and I have six different puzzles that they have to work through with content that's six boxes that's six locks and between the two of those i'm spending 150 bucks for the setup all right because with a class of 24 more than likely you're gonna have to have two times the amount of stuff because you're not going to want to run this for three different days or two different days you want to get in there you want them to have the experience and you want to move on so what we're doing is we're blending the two together and we're going to give you a unique experience where you're going to be able to try some of these uh blended escape the room puzzles in our presentation and we think that uh people will enjoy it we kind of did a test run uh, with some of our own faculty and they seem to love it. We made some tweaks, made it a little better, and we're excited to bring it to ISTE this year. I think if, if anybody, I, some people feel a little bit wary about trying Escape the Rooms because it seems like a lot of work. Uh, maybe you're not sure if the kids are going to buy into it. If you haven't heard us talk about it before, the kids totally love it. And I, I have to just comment on one thing you said. When you kind of mix or blend together physical challenges where the kids are actually manipulating keys or boxes or sort of scavenger hunt style, finding things in a room, they love that. But it, it's so much more powerful. I don't even know if it's... I guess it's probably the tech piece, but if you bring in technology mixed in with that, maybe the thing that they're hunting for around the room isn't an object, maybe it's a QR code. So now you've sort of mixed in the tech with the actual physical world. I've, I've just found that to be really powerful, not even necessarily in uh, escape the rooms, just in, I've just been playing some regular uh, sort of like single class period games recently with some of my classes and the kids love it as opposed to being fully tech driven that sort of can sometimes get a little bit dry because they're just sitting there on their screen. Now they're moving around. They're doing different things. They've got their phones for some things. They've got their Chromebooks for others. It's just a much more immersive thing. So definitely check out our presentation at ISTE if that sounds like something you're interested in or just ISTE in general. If you go look at their website and, and look at the program of uh, people who are presenting, it's I don't know if I've ever seen a conference that has this many presenters. There has to be hundreds upon hundreds and, and there's actually several others that are presenting on escape rooms as well. So check them all out. We know a couple of the guys who are doing a similar presentation. Um, obviously, we like ours the best because it focuses on the blended version of an escape the room, but they're all awesome, all worth your time. So any, like we said, anybody in the Philadelphia area, ISTE is for sure the way to go. So sign up soon. I know they're still, I think they're still registering people pretty much right up to the conference. Yeah. Um, one thing that we do need to mention is that our presentation is on Monday. Oh yeah. June 24th uh, from 10 to 11. And uh, get there early because I hear that... Uh, sessions fill up and then people have to kind of go find another session but we're hoping to start ours right away and it's going to be interactive there's not going to be much of us talking it's going to be a little description at the beginning and then you're going to get right into solving puzzles so come have some fun with us from 10 to 11 on monday june 24th at ISTE. all right so the other thing that we can talk about here when it comes to conferences, really the non-conference or the ed camp, you know, we've gone to a couple of ed camps over the past year and I'm going to continue to go to them just because I love how relaxed and laid back they are. For anyone that doesn't know what an ed camp is, you go there, they put this uh, time slot and room numbers uh, grid up on the wall and you go up and if you want to present about a topic, you present about a topic and people go to those rooms. And that's kind of what the day is. It's around the people that are there and what they want to talk about which is 
pretty cool. Yeah, I love the Ed Camps. You actually got me into these for the first time this past summer. I'd never heard of them before, uh, but I, guys invited me to present a, a local one that we have in New Jersey, and these things are everywhere. But um, it was amazing. Like you said, it's it's supposed to be laid back, which is great for the summertime. Nobody's Some of the presenters will, will dress up, obviously, to look professional, and you, you want to look your best, but it's like we said, it's just very casual, um, and it's it's supposed to be fast-paced. Uh, the sessions are sort of, you come in, you come out. You're not supposed to, you know, people are supposed to sort of come and go or maybe they can stay for half of your presentation and then they leave and they go to a different one and that's just like sort of acceptable um i believe this is where i don't know the app smash did that originate with ed camps or is do does an ed camp just kind of use the app smash like during lunchtime or something uh, i've been to a lot of conferences that use the app smash. okay so I, I think the app smash is just i don't know who started that yeah. but i i know it's one of the go-to things at these conferences and ed camps is there's always some type of an app smash and Okay. It's just a great way to get new ed tech out there to the masses. It's just a sometimes it's a 30 seconds, sometimes it's a two minute glimpse at the ed tech that people are using and how they're using it. So in the show notes, we've included uh, everything for ISTE, but we also uh, included some of the local uh, ed camps going on in the tri-state area of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. So make sure that you go down and you check those out. You can follow Got Tech outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTech. So let's talk about more ways that we can grow as a teacher over the summer. And for me, I am still in school. Nick, congratulations. You got your master's. That's awesome. Yeah, I just finished. It feels real great. And the best part, and I think this is how you're going to segue in, but I'll sort of steal it. It's just the time. And once that part is over, oh my gosh, the free time you have is so amazing. So over the summer, you can use that uh, to grow in ways that don't require you to register for specific programs and those readings that go with those programs or courses and me i'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel i'm in my dissertation phase i'm almost done with my data collection so i'm getting there but it's still important for me as a professional to make sure that i'm getting a little bit of time where i can focus on things that i'm interested in and that's what this summer is going to be about it's going to be about like i said earlier family but it's also going to be about doing things that i'm interested in I'm not going to do the things that I have to do. I'm doing the things that I want to do. And that's kind of my goal. I just want to relax a little bit this summer. And I'm going to talk about two apps that's going to help me be organized, focused, and it's going to save me some time so I can have more time to do what I want to do in a professional way. So the two apps that I'm going to talk about are Feedly and InnoReader. They're kind of the same thing. They're RSS uh, collectors. So, uh, for example, I like to go visit Alice Keeler's uh, site, her blog. I like to go visit Eric Kurtz's blog, Jeff Bradbury's blog, because they throw out quality content that I could relate to. And I like to see what's coming down the pike and what's new. We don't use Google Classroom in our school, but I still want to know about it. So, I go to the people that share those uh, blogs on Google Classroom, those gurus, you know, Matt Miller, 
is another one. Casey Bell is another one. So Feedly and Inner Reader, what it does is it allows you to follow their RSS feed. So you don't need to go in and type in their website address every time you want to go see what they're up to. It automatically brings you those blogs that they publish and it puts it in Feedly. They still get credit for the views and everything like that, but it's more organized in a way. So I'm spending less time going out and trying to re-upload their websites and I'm just getting the content straight to my phone. So th this is really just a faster way to view a blog that you don't, that you like and you want to follow without going from website to website because it's pretty much just added to your your feed, I'm guessing. Is that sort of how, how I'm reading this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. just like your Google Drive is organized by folders, you can make these folders and everybody that is an ed tech person, which is one of my interests, I can throw their RSS feeds into that folder. And every time, every day I could go in there and anything that's new is going to show up new. And if I want to read it, I save it for later or I go ahead and read it and discard it. Or if I don't want to read it, I just mark it as read and it goes away. Okay. So I do that for ed tech. I do that for education. I do that for science because I love science. I do that for podcasting because I really like the podcast. It's all there. And it's kind of at the really the my fingertips. If I want to read something, I open up Feedly. Boom. There we go. I'm into the feeds scrolling through. Oh, I want to read that blog. Great. Did it. Done. Good. Yeah. I think a lot of people out there maybe don't know even that a lot of the blogs and podcasts or articles that you like to visit regularly uh, probably do post through an RSS feed. So definitely check it out for a faster, easier way. And, and Feedly and, uh, is definitely a great way to make that happen. So check those things out. Um, it also kind of brings up another one that it sort of reminded me of, which is uh, similar but un unrelated. And it's something we've talked about before called uh, Sophia.org. Kind of weird, though, because when we've talked about Sophia, it's always been in reference to sort of a, a hosting site almost where a teacher could post videos that your students view. And, and as those videos are posted, it also sort of incorporates formative assessment and ways to for you to monitor your students' understanding of those videos. But what I think a lot of people don't know about Sophia is that they also offer uh, PD programs for teachers. And this is something that I've been thinking about doing. And now that my uh, graduate program is over with. I think I'm definitely going to check some of these out. They actually give free college credits if you enroll and complete one of their Sophia.org courses. Um, and they have a lot of different ones too that we found just after some quick research. One of them was called uh, Developing Effective Teams and the other one, The Essentials of Managing Conflict. Both sort of unique things and valuable things for a teacher to sort of gain a skill in or get better at over the summer just to give you a little bit of an edge as you come back for the next school year. And I know in in the past, they change them all the time. There's constantly new ones. So check out Sophia.org for sort of a different and interesting way to, to, you know, at the very least learn something, but maybe even earn some free college credit along the way. So who knows what you might get out of that one. Yeah, and, and really the last way that we kind of want to go over is to go out and find those ed tech programs. I mean, yes, you could get Google certified, level one, level two trainer, all that good stuff, innovator. You can, you can do that, and I would suggest doing it. I've done it once. I'm going to probably finish up all that that whole series whenever I get some uh, some free time probably after my coursework but if you want to challenge yourself in other ways and and you're you love Flipgrid or Edpuzzle they have certification programs where you could be an ed 
puzzle coach and you get your certification, your digital badge by taking a course. You could do that with Flipgrid as well. You could get Flipgrid certified. A lot of our ed tech uh, tools that we use have this uh, capability. It's good for them because you're showing off your badge, you're getting trained in their program, so you're investing in it and you're probably telling everybody about it but then it also gives them power users and they get to see all the awesome stuff that you're doing so i would recommend going to these uh, ed tech tools such as edpuzzle and flipgrid just to kind of go out there and you know get that digital badge it's something cool that you could throw on your your web page yeah i think it also makes teachers a little more marketable for whatever you're involved in i mean these are f- most of the time free things and they take a little bit of your own time, but yeah, you throw it on your website and it's just a, a, another little uh, notch in your belt, if you will, something that you can say you did uh, just because you actually took the time and you cared enough to do it. So I always think it kind of uh, sort of looks, uh, it's a nice positive look for a teacher to sort of build up as many of these as possible, especially if you're interested in the EnTech world. So hopefully these uh, ideas gave you some good ways that you feel like you can grow a little bit more over the summertime. I know we've talked about this because uh, you kind of think it's a little silly that I keep books on my nightstand when I tell you that I don't read books throughout the course of the year. Yep. I think I had 11 books on my nightstand last summer, and I have 12 there now. And it wasn't because I read some and I bought more. It's just because I bought another one. Yeah, I just think it's because I know you don't have time to read them. That's the only thing. But you still keep them there. I keep them there because I know one day I'm going to just sit down and probably go through about three of them in one afternoon. Yeah. But uh, there are four of them, I believe with our sidebar conversation in between segments that we both have on our nightstand. Yeah, so the first of those that I think, and I, I always like this one because the title's so catchy and it always catches my eye. I have not read it yet, which is why it's on both of our lists. It's called Teach Like a Pirate uh, by Dave Burgess. We've talked about Dave before, um, but this book is really, uh, like I said, at the top of our list. The The subtitle is, is also part of what captures uh, my interest with this one. The subtitle is Increase Student Engagement, Boost Your Creativity, and transform your life as an educator. It's just so many of the things that we talk about all the time on our podcast. Kind of the whole reason we do any of this is because we want to see student engagement go up. And a huge part of that is creativity. And, and he's got that right in there too. And and hopefully all this you know makes your life better and easier as a teacher also. So that's... I don't know. To me, it just seems like a really, really awesome read uh, for, for the summertime. So definitely go check out Teach Like a Pirate. Yeah, the next one is Creating Innovators. And the uh, the end of that title is The Making of Young People Who Will Change the World. And I, I just think the whole empowerment piece of this is pretty awesome. Yeah, this is... Um this is by uh, a guy called Tony Wagner. Uh, Tony Wagner is a very impressive individual. He works right now uh, at some kind of Harvard lab doing research on this type of stuff. But another fascinating read that sort of takes, uh, definitely useful for a teacher, but sort of from a different angle. Uh, just some of the reviews on this book are, uh, describe it as, as a roadmap for people who want to sculpt children into innovative thinkers, which is just a really cool thing, I think, for a teacher to read that might not necessarily be specific 
teaching strategies, but for sure, uh, lots of amazing ideas uh, for sort of, you know, build innovation into your classroom. And one of the main goals is just how to create the next generation of innovators, because that's really something that education is trying to do. But I think a lot of teachers maybe aren't really sure the best ways to do that. So this this book by Tony Wagner has a lot of really great ideas for how to do that. So this is another big one on our list for the summer. One of the things that really caught my eye about this book is the fact that uh, I had a conversation kind of about the whole creative empowerment topic with some business owners over dinner a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that I asked them is, uh, what do you look for when you go to hire a kid out of college? And one of the things that they told me was, we don't look for the GPA, you know, standalone. We don't look for that 4.0 student. We don't look for that student that was, you know, just dedicated to their academics. They want to see that they were involved with things. And I was like, well, why don't you want that 4.0 student all the time? And they go, it's not that we don't take the 4.0 student. We have to judge them through the interview to see if they're the 4.0 student that likes to get spoon-fed things in a certain way, and that's how it has to be done. It's repetitious. Or are they the uh, kid that likes to think outside of the box? They might be the person that gets a 2.5 to 3.5, but... They're creative and they much rather have that than someone that was a 4.0 and a straight line thinker. Right. And I always think of just as a teacher, the students that I always remember the most, uh, you know, two, four, five, ten years ago, it's not always the ones that have perfect grades. In fact, more often it's the ones that did something unique, something creative, something outside the box that really caught my eye. Uh, that's sort of what you take forward. So this, I think these are the types of things that we want to encourage. And, and I bet these books have something to offer there. And kind of related to that is our third selection. It's called The, uh, the Innovator's Mindset. Empower learning, unleash talent, and lead a culture of creativity. Sort of along the same line as the last one, It's but a little more focused on, as far as I can tell, sort of capturing students' natural curiosity, which is, again, something else we, we get at quite often on our show. Uh, kids sort of by nature walk in with all these questions uh, about the world around them, and it would be great if you could really use that and build on that. And it's sort of knowing that we're limited a lot of the times by standards you have to address and, and, and state testing. But maybe there's ways around that in, in this book, uh, The Innovator's Mindset, really, I, I think is going to offer some uh, amazing strategies. This is by George uh, Koros. I apologize if I'm saying his last name wrong, but that's another one to check out if you want to sort of build in that, that creativity and, and that curiosity piece into your classroom. Over the, the, I don't know, five, six, seven episodes, over the past five, six, seven episodes, we've been talking about how we can bring student-centered learning into the classroom and many different ways of doing this. And the fourth book that I've been wanting to read is, uh, it's called Empower, What Happens When Students Own Their Learning. So this is kind of that whole student-centered, personalized learning approach to uh, education. And I'm hoping that I could pick up a couple of new things from this book. Yeah, it's all about sort of really letting the teacher take that role of a guide where students sort of select their path of education and actually learn about things that they're interested in. Something that we talk about all the time, but again, this book offers uh, hopefully some very concrete strategies for people that actually want to do this and build that into their classroom. So author John Spencer in this setting is really going to give us some great ideas for for sort of building that into your classroom. So that's our top four list of books to check out over the summertime. So hopefully you guys find something interesting in those as well. Before we uh, close this episode out, we just want to say that we are 
going to uh, keep pushing out episodes. We think it's very important for our own, our own professional growth with our learning from our guests and from each other through dialogue that we continue to do this, but also because we enjoy doing it. it. And it's a big stress reliever for me anyway, just to be able to talk about some things that are on my mind from, you know, week in and week out. So that's something important there. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, I think it's awesome that we have a lot of people coming up to us and asking us uh, if they think that they could ever podcast. And, you know, some of our guests have asked us that, but also other people keep asking us how we got started, why we got started. And I said, hey, if you could put up with episode one, go there uh, and listen to it because we kind of spilled it out there. But I would encourage other episodes or other educators to pursue their interests in podcasting. I mean, I've been working with students all this year trying to get them to podcast. And over the course of the year, we've made over 150 different segments of podcasting. Uh, These are for projects. These are for fun. A little bit of everything. But if you really want to learn how to podcast or how to get started, you should go out on the internet and find somebody that who has blogged about it. That's how we got started. And uh, I will tell you one person that you could go to, and that's over at teachercast.net with Jeff Bradbury. And I'm going to put this link in the show notes, and I hope that, you know, he's cool with it because I know he's still working on it. So this is kind of like an exclusive sneak peek. He'll be done with this uh, landing page uh, close to ISTE time, so the end of June. But if you want to go over there just to kind of see what he's working on. Uh, This is going to be a great resource for anybody that wants to uh, put together a podcast. And it's really a one-stop shop from, you know, planning out your podcast to launching it. So I would recommend going over there and checking that out. So check out some of these podcasts, check out teachercast.net, and most importantly, check out some of these books to sort of help your education summer projects. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.